Welcome back to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. Our mission is to share what we have learned from our experience and the experience of others to help you make more money investing like a pro. We want to teach you how to create wealth by investing in real estate the Discount Property Investor way. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit FreeWholesaleCourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. Thanks for tuning in. We are asked over and over again, how do you find the right phone numbers for the properties you're trying to buy? It is pretty simple. You skip trace the owner and property address. What does that mean? What does skip trace mean? It means you go and find the contact information of the owner of a property, but you don't want to do that one time. Real estate is a numbers game and a people business. You need to work a lot of leads to find motivated sellers. We use an awesome skip trace service that you can upload a giant list of names and addresses all at once, and a few minutes later, you have a ton of phone numbers for prospecting. Visit www.dpipodcast.com forward slash skip trace. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. I got Bryson Duvall. One of my new co-hosts joining me this afternoon, Bryson. What's up, man? Welcome back, buddy. Good What's to up, see bro? you, my friend. Let's get Good it. to see you. Good Let's to get see it. you. Let's get it. Drop some nuggets today. Let's drop some nuggets on these on these people. That's yep. what I'm talking about. All mm-hmm. right. Today we are going to focus on the mistakes that we have made in our wholesaling careers and and endeavors. Yeah. And we could, Lots. I was just telling Bryson, man, we could talk about this forever, man. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of mistakes that we have made. I don't know what I just clicked, but like 100 windows are opening yeah, up. Yeah, it's all good. Which is kind of crazy. Um, so we got to get this thing cleaned up a little here. There we go. There we go. All right. Yeah, man, I don't even know where to start. I, I got a couple of things that I definitely want to um cover but let's drop I, was, I just thought about like a hundred as 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 we started to say that i'm like wait wow. a second i just thought about three that i forgot about like giving lock boxes to just everyone yeah well, let's, let's make a code, list but, here as we go but yeah well. one of one of the biggest things that, and i think is um i'm i actually went live with my buddy claudio earlier today we Sweet. we mentioned that um you know as beginners or people that are struggling to get traction um, a lot of th- that has to do with stopping and starting, you know, like going in, going hard, not seeing results and you're stopping and pivoting. You know what I mean? So, so are you talking about specifically in the marketing I mean, or just everything? Yeah, I mean, really in everything. the beginning, it's all marketing, though. Like right. it's, you know, so it's like you're you're stopping, you're starting, you aren't getting deals, you're not getting the lead flow, but it's... um. My buddy, uh, I have another buddy in the Atlanta market, and he was like, yeah, you stop marketing, and then, like, you take a break or you do something else, and it's like you just restart the sales cycle all over again, you know? Because it's like those those leads that were warm are just back to cold now. They don't remember you. You didn't even build rapport on a you What did you hit them on a cold text or a cold call? Then you don't market to them or you're not really following up with them consistently. You call them back. They've already talked to so many people. You're a cold, It's a cold lead again. Right. So the sales cycle just starts from the beginning. Cold call over again. You spent all that money marketing. And really, you know, now in retrospect is like, you know, just a lead in the podio. I, I just take that as a win. You know? Yeah, like, me too. Boom. Pipelines built. 
cool, that may be six months. That may be seven months. That may be 10 months. That may be a year. Right. You know, but that's it. I got somebody in my pipeline. It doesn't matter if I call them and, you know, we see people closing deals on Instagram or on all this stuff on social media over the phone. And that's great. But that doesn't happen most of the time. Right. You know, most of the time you have to have FaceTime with the seller. Yeah. So, Bryson, you know? we, we do five to ten deals a month. Not all of them are big deals. Right. So a lot of these little, little tiny deals, you know, I'm not trying to, to bloat about that. Like, mm-hmm. it is what it is, you know. And the average deal we do is about four to six months. Yeah. So just getting the lead into Podio is is half the or not even Podio into any of your CRMs. Right. I just use Podio, right? That's what you're using, of course. Yep. So I use it as well amongst right. about five others, which I'm trying to consolidate. But <laughs> right. um, but yeah, you know, getting the lead into the system is is really just the beginning. Yeah, it's following up and it's making those offers. So starting and stopping with the marketing, and really just anything, anything. I think is a mistake I've made um, as well. One of the things. Um, to kind of build on this topic mm-hmm. right here is um, Mike and I always are wanting to try to do some sort of automation in our business. Okay. And there is a lot of downside to trying to over-automate. Mm-hmm. We call it like getting into our rabbit hole. Yeah. You know, like we'll, we'll be like, oh, we should be able to automate this. We may spend a whole week on it and it, it may work, it may not. But then it's like at the end of the week, we're like, man, I just like gave up a whole week of marketing and talking to sellers and making appointments and 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 sending offers that I could have been doing. So yeah. man, I cannot agree with you more. Yeah, man, it's when uh, you say starting and stopping. Yeah, and even yeah, like you said, even implementing and, and automating, like you said, that has to be. It's almost like it's got to be an after hours task. Like you gotta you gotta do that at at, at ten to midnight and on the weekend, yeah, bro. Don't, don't like try it to just. Do it. Yeah, not during times like this. It's like, yeah, I mean, technically this we are on paid time right now. We're doing a podcast, but, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we've had productive mornings, so I'm definitely down for this. Um, I think another thing, yeah, stopping and starting it. it, That was another thing we talked about earlier is like a lot of people we we complain about. um, We complain about not getting traction or not getting deals fast enough, but it's like. Yo, like a lot of times we just, it's a lead gen problem. At the end of the day, like this whole business, we already know, like you used to say, we're not in the real estate business. We're in the marketing we're business. We're in the people business and the marketing Absolutely. business. Absolutely. More so the marketing yeah. business. Yeah. We're the part, you know, our, our, our inventory happens to be houses. That's it. You know, so if we don't even have the lead flow, it's like, you know, that's, that's a problem for any beginner. It's never like, okay, I just, uh, I'm making so many offers. You know, no one's getting, no one's accepting the offer. It's like, no, you don't have enough motivated sellers. That's the problem. You know, it's pretty simple. Right. So, you know, and that, that I think leads to that issue. It's the stopping and starting. You know, you're saying this doesn't work. This, this marketing thing is different. Let me pivot and do text messaging. Let me pivot and just do banded signs. Yeah. I had a really shitty day cold calling. So like, let's not cold call for two weeks. That's a terrible idea. Terrible. Right. Like just stick with it and be consistent. So. Mm -hmm. Um, stopping and starting, I think is, I mean, that's going to probably sum up most of the things we're going to talk about. Yeah, pretty much. Um, not sending offers. Yeah. You know, like that was one of the biggest mistakes I made in the beginning was I was scared to send offers. Um, I was, I was, I was scared to get an offer accepted, bro. In the beginning. (laughs) But it's just like, it's like, oh my God, like, what do I do now? You know? And it's like, it, that's like, you're, you're like three quarters of the way through a deal at that point. Yeah. I wouldn't say half because a lot of this business is marketing and 
and following up and setting appointments and making offers. But like, yeah, I'd say three quarters, give or take, of the way through the deal when the contract comes back signed. But it's like, okay, now I got more marketing to do. So right. in the beginning, if you are struggling with sending offers or you're having analysis paralysis, I want to say one thing really quick just to sum this part up. But when you work through a wholesale deal, there's like five steps, right? Mm-hmm. It's, it's not necessarily easy, but it's incredibly simple. So what are those five steps? Well, you market to motivated sellers. You make offers and run appointments on properties. You get a contract on a property. You then market that contract, and then you take it to the closing table. So if you work that backwards, in order to get to the closing table, you have to have sold something. And in order to have sold something, you have to have inventory. So the contract is like the most important part of the entire business. So you don't one have of the a business things, without it. You don't have a business without <laughs> it. So one of the biggest mistakes I've made was not sending enough offers or having analysis paralysis towards sending offers because you can't wholesale property if you don't have control of mm-hmm. properties. Right. And you get it by sending offers. Yeah. Big one. Yeah. ARVs it's and big. repairs. So obviously I have been in this full time six, seven years. Mm-hmm. I still sometimes struggle with knowing what the right ARV is and it, am I overestimating it or am I underestimating it? Same with repairs. Right. And I've just kind of learned that I'm not perfect. And even if my numbers are off, that's why we have a due diligence period mm-hmm. to make sure that the ARV that we initially thought was there or that the repairs that we are estimating are right. And I no longer have that fear. I haven't for a long time, yeah. but in the beginning, Man, and that was probably the reason why I, wa- why I wasn't sending the offers because I'm like, Absolutely. is my ARV right? Is my Are my repairs too low? Are they too high? Quit worrying about that stuff, guys. Yep. Literally stop worrying about it. Send offers. You have a due diligence period with CYA clauses for a reason. Yep. And it's to double check your work and or market that property. Absolutely. Love Both. It. Both at the same time. And yeah, it's it's... Even on the not not sending offers part, that kind of goes back to like the stopping and stopping and starting marketing, because when you don't want to send an offer or you're like scared to send a low offer, it's usually because like you want to you're a motivated buyer, essentially. You know what I mean? You're a motivated buyer where you're just like, you know, I want them to accept this. And it's like. You know, the best offers we know are, like, uncomfortable to make, you know? It's like, if you're not uncomfortable making an offer, like, you're too high, bro. If you're not a little bit embarrassed (laughs) about your offer, I mean, not to be full-blown, like, holy cow, but if you're not a little bit embarrassed about your offer, it's too high. So I was on with a student earlier, Bryson, and we were running through an example MAO formula. Mm -hmm. And we got our ARV, we multiply it by our discount rate. We subtracted our repairs. We even added a 10K wholesale fee. But in that scenario, you minus it out. Right. It's on that side of the equation. Mm-hmm. Long story short, our, our MAO was 90K. And I was like, I would offer like 80 to 82. Maybe maybe even 75. Like, yeah. go low. But you never want to start with your MAO. So I think that's another thing we could add yep. on the list of mistakes that we've made is never start with MAO. <laughs> because right. it is so hard to... to um, to get a seller to come down once you've made them a number, an yeah. offer. But if you come in really low, and I can I call it anchoring, like yeah. anchor really low. Absolutely, price you know? anchor. Yeah, price yeah. anchor. Anchor really low. And then you, you're always going to have the ability to come up over time. Right. But if you don't, 
you know, if you go in too high in the beginning, you're shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. So never start with your MAO, and that's your maximum allowable offer. Know that that's where you have to end. And yep. my example with my student was, if your MAO is 90 and you go at 80, right? Your MAO is 90. That's the most you can pay. But you don't ever lead with that number. Right. That's that, that's like the three-month or the six-month later number. Or maybe it's three hours later. Who knows what right. their level of motivation is. Mm -hmm. But that's the later number. But if you lead with 80, and I said, what happens if they accept that? And he's like, boom, my wholesale fee went from 10 to 20 grand. I'm like, boom. exactly. So you always want to go in low. And you, yep. it's okay to be a little embarrassed. I'm embarrassed all the time. Right. Oh, I don't care. Like, just screw it, Absolutely. Right? Next. So I want to talk about a couple of these because we could literally talk for, for days yeah, about so all the mistakes right. that we've made. Yeah. Um, I think this kind of goes with the first one, you know, starting and stopping. But I refer to to the, to three pillars. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've heard me talk about this, Bryson. If you guys have listened to the show or watched, um, I've done a couple episodes recently on the three pillars. But I, th I think that, that there's three things in wholesaling that are what I consider the money-making activities. Absolutely. Whole, um, wholesale. Marketing. <laughs> right. Marketing. That's the name of the business, right? Yeah. Marketing, making those offers, and following up. Those are the three things. Right. So the mistake that I've made is, is letting go of those three things. And again, chasing that software automation or that new phone system or this or that. And if you get away from marketing, making offers, and following up on those offers or people that are essentially interested in have raised their hand that they want to sell, you are shooting yourself in the foot. Yep. Huge mistake. Yep. Focus on those three money-making activities before you do anything else. And like you, you said it really well. If you want to do that extra stuff, do it on the off hours. Do it in the evening mm -hmm. when you're sitting on the couch, like it's maybe too late to call somebody at 10 o'clock at night. Absolutely. Focus on automations and systems and stuff like that. But during the daylight hours when you are ready to sit down and work in your business, not on, but in, yeah. Focus on those three things. And I've That's man, it. I've gone down rabbit holes that have lasted two months <laughs> where it's like, man, I'm looking back and I'm like, holy cow, like this is really great, but no one's using it because we're not doing any marketing. Yep. And it always circles back to market to motivated sellers and make a ton of offers. Yep. You're up. That's it, man. I, uh, that's huge. Focus on the three pillars. Um, I, what I noticed in, in getting feedback from other, you know, high net worth, high, high, um, um, high performing people, you know, yourself, you know, a couple others um, that I know in the same business is like what I started to realize with conversations with them is that me and a lot of other beginners, I mean, I, you know, I, I still feel You're not like really a, a beginner. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not in this I'm business not. for a minute. Yeah. I have. I have. I've, I've had experience in that, but it just feels like because sure. I haven't been consistent until really like this year, you know, so that's where I kind of like feel like I really started, you know, it's with the consistency. So, um, but I started to realize it's like, I mean, I just got cold callers, what they're on like their 40th day with me. And it's like, bro, like I scaled too slow, you know, like, you know what though? That's it, a better problem than scaling too for sure, fast for sure. And running out of money or not knowing what you're doing. For sure. But hindsight's always twenty. Yeah, but it's know? interesting to right. see that. It's like, bro, you know, I talked to uh, um, um, a guy, Aaron Bevins. He's a he's in uh, San Antonio market, really good friend of mine, mm -hmm. kills it, um, part of his accountability group as well. So he, you know, he was talking to me and like, we're, we're talking and I'm like, you know, he's asking about money coming into my business. And I'm like, yeah, man, I got like 50K in my business account. And he's like, 
so <laughs> like <laughs> what in the world are you doing bro like and i'm cold calling five hours a day you know and one of my cash buyers like i get I, I just sold him a deal and he was calling me and calling me i was like yeah i was just on the phone with the seller i was on the dialer he's like the dialer he's like what are you doing and I'm like, I was cold calling. I'm trying to find new leads, bro. <laughs> I'm yeah. working hard yeah. here. He's like, bro. But he's like, man. Yeah. He's like, bro, you, this is not how to do it, bro. This is not there's how to do way. it. There's a better way. Yeah, there's right. a better way. Because you got to realize it's like, you know, something like cold calling. You got to do it in the beginning if you don't have the budget. That's fine. So I want to just talk about that for one second. But that is. So you, you said I didn't scale quick enough, yeah. which is totally fine. However, there was so much value for sure for you hitting those phones and being in the trenches and setting those appointments. And right. you're still setting appointments uh -huh. and sending the offers, but you've outsourced it to somebody else. And I have a lot of new students right now that I'm onboarding and I tell them, listen, I don't want you to do this forever. Like, right. That's not the goal. The goal is to outsource it to somebody for four, five, six bucks an hour. Um, that can do this, you know, all day long for yeah. you, right? Some low performing but ROI. It's hard to train somebody yeah. that you don't know what you're doing. Absolutely. And you don't want to get somebody lining up all these appointments for you if you're scared to make it a, to, to go run them. Very true. Or scared to run or send the offer, so on and so forth. So, in time. Absolutely. At, at the right time. Yeah. Right, yeah. right. There's definitely a, like, yeah, take that with a grain of salt. Right. It was just like, for me personally, I realized I could have done it sooner. That's what I mean. I love you it. You know, so it's because um, we look at, you know, cold calling in itself has um, a really low ROI. You yeah. know, yeah. On it's on your it's, time, it's on a your slow it's, process. Absolutely. Right. And, and again, just because you get somebody that's motivated doesn't mean it's going to be a deal. It could take three or six mm -hmm. months to make to, to, to justify your offer as being fair, not low. But really, it's in fact both. Right. It's still fair. Right. Yeah. So absolutely. Man. Um, I love it's, that. I and love I think that. The, the bad part of it is that now I'm in a place where I have to relinquish control. And, you know, I'm used to doing everything and it's a little bit it's a you know, it's a mindset adjustment. Right. To let, you know, let go of the vine and, you know, start to delegate and scale the business. So I think the majority of our mistakes come from a lack of consistency. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that. Not yeah. all. Right. But the majority of them mm -hmm. really do. So one of the mistakes that I made, Bryson, in the beginning, and I'm going to say like probably like the first like two, maybe even three full years of my investing career full time. Yeah. Um, I was playing favorites with my buyers. Ooh. And I want to say I this, still do that. Yeah, and I want to say I this still, is a mistake. I still do that, that I, a it's lot, okay bro. because here's the here's the trade off. Yeah, it's convenience. Mm -hmm. Just like we offer the sellers convenience in exchange for a discount. That's all right. we do. Come on, let's be real. Yeah, we're, we're just making their life really convenient, and we're demanding a discount. Mm -hmm. If I can't get at least 25 percent discount, I'm not interested. Goodbye. Right. right? Uh, but in the beginning, <laughs> yeah, you're really I was, clear about. I'm that. very clear. About <laughs> like it. on yeah, the first call. Like, you're like, I'm not the I don't guy pay for retail. You. <laughs> I disqualify myself before they give me the chance. But that's okay because it's a transparency thing. And if Absolutely. I have to come back later, I let them know, like, there's a reason why I'm coming back to you. Right. I don't have a better, I need a better price True. or need more time. Or yeah, you whatever. still leave it open for follow up. I always do, of course. Yeah. But, you know, playing favorites with my buyers. Mm -hmm. And there's, again, there's the, there's the, you know, both sides of that wall. One side is, is like, if I know this guy buys and, he, and he's consistently buying, it's just going to be easy for me to yeah. line this up or assign it or double close with him. However, your buyers, if you know you start playing favorites, they're going to see that and they're going to start taking advantage of you. And or 
you could have probably gotten more money elsewhere. So over the last couple of years, I'm not saying that I don't favorite certain people because right. of course I still do. Yeah. But at this point, it's highest and best. So if one of my good buyers sends me an offer day one and it's a decent offer, I'll say thank you for sending the offer and I'm going right. to wait until I get a couple more. And they say, well, why don't you just counter it? And it's like, because I'm going to be shooting myself in the foot yeah. if I get a higher one. I'll counter it when no other offer comes in. Yeah. I'm not in a rush, man. I'm not in a rush. Day, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and because of that, now our wholesale spreads have averaged higher over the last two or three years versus the previous two or three of the called six years I've been in the game. Yeah. Uh, because we don't play favorites anymore. It adds up though. It adds up. Yeah, and we, years we, time, we work quarters hard. time. Yeah. We work so, extremely yeah. hard. You know, to, you know, if we're not the ones on the callers, we're managing the people that are are. Right. We're the ones running all the appointments and sending all the offers typically. Yep. I I don't have my VAs do that, even though I probably should at some point, but I just want to be in control. Yeah. You know, once I start exiting the they every, could do it. I mean, you could. could like Dennis kid. Yeah, of course. Yeah. But I like having that little bit of control. Yeah. So playing favorites, I think, was one of the the big mistakes. I mean, let's let's take it way way back to the very beginning. Analysis paralysis, I think, was is the is a huge one. Yeah. And like, I get it. People are scared to do the marketing. They're scared to get on the phone. They're really scared to make those offers. But like in hindsight, if you go into a wholesale transaction with A, the right mindset and B, like the right level of transparency, there's really nothing to be that scared of. Not at all. You Just know a saying? little bit of rejection, a couple uncomfortable a conversations. That's really it. You know? And I think a lot of it is, well, how can I act like I'm a cash buyer when I'm not a cash buyer? Well, don't say that you are a cash buyer. Say that you and your partners are. Yeah. Structure the sentence. Leverage other people's confidence. That's what I'm saying. That's what I, I still do that to this day. Me too. But, but, but <laughs> just know? choose your words yeah. wisely. And like in the beginning, this is very, this is a good point. In the beginning, man, I used to hate calling a seller and being like, sorry, but I can't close on the date that we agreed because I wasn't able to find a partner or whatever reason. And now it's like, if I have to make that call, it's like I have zero remorse or anxiety. Because I've lined it up from the beginning yep. to say, listen, I buy a lot of houses, and because of that, I have to bring a partner in on every single one. Mm -hmm. So my my purchase contract that I'm sending you or that you've signed is contingent on me finding a partner. Right. And I'm so transparent about that. Absolutely. So later when I have to make those calls, which is rare, but it happens, you know. Yeah. But I just say, listen, I told you from the get-go I, I need a partner. I wasn't able to find one. However... I'm not going away right. unless you want me to. Yeah. I'm still working for you. Yeah, balls in your court. Balls in yeah. your court. So I either need more time or I need a better price and hopefully both. Right. A little bit of both. Hopefully yeah. both. And I've done that three, four, five times. Right? I've gone back to the seller. Hey, I need another couple grand or I need another two weeks. But again, I'm not I don't have that remorse of calling them or even that anxiety right. because I've done it the right way from the beginning. I'm not misleading or hiding information from people. Right. I don't say I'm a wholesaler, let's be honest. <laughs> but at the same time, don't I say that. I need a partner. Yeah. Period. So if yeah, I can't got, find you, one, I say I close only with private money or some something that, that, that lets them know that I'm not alone on this. Right. You know, so... Um, yeah, more transparent you are. Just like you said, it saves your ass in the end. Right. Really, it does. So one of the mistakes that I've made, not necessarily specific to wholesaling, but, but like flipping and rental property is over rehabbing. 
And you know, if you're just a wholesaler, you won't have this um, this problem. But if you are, if you do decide to become a landlord or want to do some fix and flips, um, over rehabbing is is a, one of the biggest mistakes that I think I've made in my investing career. If I was to like go big picture, because when you over rehab a property, you're not necessarily increasing the ARV. Mm-hmm. It, it's very um, diminishing returns. Yep. Once you hit your ARV, mm-hmm. you know, because if everyone sees that a house in the neighborhood sells for $175 a square foot and you're asking 225 a foot, A, it might not appraise. Yeah. B, you know, it's like, well, why I could go next door and get one for 175 bucks a foot, you know? So I think that's probably one of the biggest mistakes that I've made to date is over rehabbing. And yeah, that'll cost a lot. I'm and sure. I don't want to say anything negative about my business partner, Bill, because that's not my intent. Yeah. But I will say this. That guy <laughs> surprises and impresses me every week because he is the, the anti-over-rehabber. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, shit, it looks fine. Yeah. Leave it. And I'm like, no, you got to come over here and put some mulch down yeah. or trim this tree. Or, man, like yeah. this, this he's trim is... School. And he's, he's like, don't school. worry about it, man. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah. And guess what ends up happening every single time? They sell... He knows. He knows, yeah. right? And it's OG like, in the game. OG in the game. And I keep telling myself, man, like I'm embarrassed to like put this on the market, and right. like it needs countertop <laughs> still or something right. crazy. And he's like, don't worry about it, man. We're gonna list it. We're gonna sell it. And sure enough, every time I'm like, yeah, holy, you guys cow. buy them right. That's if you buy them right, that's what you, Bill knows. You it's, like, it's okay. So speaking of buying it right, that's another mistake that I've made. Is is overpaying for a deal, yeah. man. Oh my goodness! Being a mo- there's nothing worse as a wholesaler is feeling like a motivated buyer. <laughs> right. Oh my god! There's yep. nothing worse. But I I really think it's hard to be like that if you if you're struggling with the lead flow, you're struggling with consistent consistency offer making. You're like I want to entice this person to accept my offer. You know when really you're making pure offers. You're making only offers that work, and a lot of them. Right. And we just need a couple to couple to be accepted. That's it. It's right. just a numbers game. Get them out. You know, so that analysis paralysis, man, that's that's crazy. Like creative avoid all types. It's ty- just it's in your just, head, though. Oh, it's, it's so just a, it's deep, It's a made bro. up fear yeah. that we have. When in, at the, so, man, I hate I, I hate to keep talking about students, but there's a lot of value there. So one of my students got a property under contract. It was in Baton Rouge. His name's Jamal. Great guy. Mm-hmm. And on our call last Thursday, he was like, man, he was like. He was like, I overpaid for this. The seller told me never to contact him again. Like, it that didn't necessarily end the best. But he was like, but that was the best lesson I've learned to date. Amen. He's like, because I was scared to send the contract. And you were like, just do it, man. What's the worst that can happen? The worst that's going to happen is you're going to piss somebody off. So what? Yep. Your goal is to help them. Yep. So either you didn't go into this with the right mindset of I'm trying to help you. Or you have a little bit to learn about the transparency and, 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 and he was like, Dave, he was like, he was like, I could tell you were kind of getting frustrated with me calling and asking right. you a million questions. Yep. And I'm like, yeah, because you keep worrying about the what ifs. And that was one of my biggest struggles yep. in the beginning when I hired my coach five, six years ago was, well, what if they do this? What if they do that? And he literally at the time was like, you are not allowed to ask me any more questions. Yeah, and for a dumb. coach to tell that to a student, <laughs> it's like, whoa, you know, like take a step back. Yeah. And he was like, until you have a property under contract, then you can call me and ask me a million questions. That's it. But man. guess what I did over the next two weeks? I did. I quit worrying about those what ifs. And right. I was like, F it. Yeah. I was going to start sending contracts to anybody and everybody that raises their everybody. hand to say that they're interested. Everybody gets an offer. 
I think, man, because I, so many people will message me, you know, they have a property they're interested in, maybe they're interested in terms, all this stuff, and I'm like, like, you're analyzing the deal before it's even a deal. Like, we haven't even talked to the person. Like, yeah. You know, like, yeah. It's like, that was an hour out of your day right, right there. Just right. like, oh, so, what's the ARVs in this area? What do you think about? Do you have a buyer for this? I'm like, is it under contract? Right. Like, so, Travis. You know, you know what I mean? Travis, like, is well. it a deal or what? guy. Right. He comes in. And I'm not saying, we just have a different way of working mm-hmm. leads. But he always wants to like kind of review it. I'm like, always that. before. I'm like, I'm like, no, 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 call them up. Yeah. We'll review it whenever it's ringing or whenever they're absolutely. On the phone because you don't even know they're going to answer. You don't even know they're going to answer. <laughs> you went through or prop stream all Yeah, this and other again, shit. there's no right or wrong way. Yeah. I'm just the one. No, who's that's just... wrong. That's a wrong way. No, <laughs> I will I not co-sign that. But I'm with you though. It's wrong. But, but it's You're like wasting time. Get like, them on the get phone. Get them on the phone because yeah. their motivation may have changed for the worse, but it also may have changed for the better. Where they could be like. I am so glad you called me. Right. You said you were going to send me a contract on Tuesday. I haven't got it yet. Well, it's like check your spam or maybe I didn't send it. Maybe right. Maybe I need to. So, yeah. Man, all I'm that, all, man. I love that. It's just, yeah, people, I mean, so many things like, you know, where where do you start? Who do I look at? Who do I find on YouTube? Who do I? I'm like, bro, any of them. Like, right. I mean, uh, you just can, start, if you follow directions, you just start can recommend a thousand of them something. that I don't know. Just go on there. If they're telling about marketing, cold calling, cool. Pick one and go for it. Love it. Whatever man. matches your budget, you know, so. So over rehabbing was one of them. Overpaying for yep. a property, which, you know, I still do, guys. I'm, I'm, it still happens. Like, yeah. don't, don't, I, I don't it want anyone happens. to think that, like, just yeah. because someone has a little bit more experience, like, we all still have to ne- renegotiate sometimes or we overlook something or we didn't realize something about the area, you know. Things like in St. Louis, like Coldwater Creek, weird, weird things that impact, you know, property values, mm-hmm. you know, flood zones. What are you like? Oh, shit, I didn't even check that. You know, <laughs> I didn't even realize this place was in a flood zone or what, whatever it may be. So it happens. But uh, just being strategic about, you know, not placing yourself in that position if you can avoid it, you know. Right. I think in the beginning, um, and this goes a little bit with lack of consistency and um, analysis paralysis. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to marketing, there's 50 plus ways. I, I built a, a mind map actually on it. 50 yeah. plus ways to find motivated sellers yep. and all of them work. Mm-hmm. And in the beginning I was like, well, I'm going to go out on, you know, Tuesdays and Thursdays and I'm going to, I'm going to put bandit signs out and I'm going to call for, you know, an hour or two on Mondays and Wednesdays. And I'm going to do a little bit of direct mail. And that was one of the mistakes that I made is I was trying to do too many things and then what ends up happening is I may be consistent for a week or two, but then I fall off and I'm yep. like, and then all of a sudden it becomes very overwhelming. You know, I haven't done any marketing for four or five days and I yeah. really should go out and do this, but I should do that. And my two cents is marketing is simple. You just got to do it. So mm-hmm. keep it consistent. Keep it yep. simple. Start with one thing. Go deep. Go deep. Yep. Don't go wide. Go deep. Don't try to do four or five things. Mm-hmm. Do one. So right now, and I've done all of them. You've done probably most of them too. Yep. I've done them all. I've done radio ads. I've yep. done bandit signs. I'm doing cold calling and cold texting right now. I've done hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of direct mail over the over my right. past five, six years. And, you know, typically we try to focus in on two or three, even though there's 50 different ways. Yep. Two or three. So right now we're doing cold calling and cold texting very, very, very hard. I have some radio ads that play from time to time. They kind of cycle on and off, and that's it. 
Yeah. I'm not trying to go out and do bandit signs. And there's nothing wrong with that. If that's what you want to do, just do it and do it well. So I think that... I, know, I would do it if I get a... I actually might do that. A little street team of bandit signs a, out there. A, I or mean, driving not, for dollars. Like, yeah, there's so many different definitely. ways to go about finding these leads. Yeah. Just don't feel like that you need to learn them all. And that was one of the things I struggled with in the beginning was, you know, I need to be doing three or four of these things a week. Well, if you're good and consistent, that's great. But yeah. it's hard to be consistent when you're new. Yeah. So just scheduling find, just pick it, one. all that. Yeah. Like I would go as far as say, don't find, don't even do two. Pick one. I think so. Bro. Start there. Go deep, like you said. And guess what? Just Once one. you get the consistency down, then you can add the second one, or you can outsource that first yeah. one to go. Or to supplement it. Supplement, just, you know, right? But whatever just you don't try. hit on the calling, you could tag something simple. Yeah, instead this of business like, is simple. Just yeah, don't. Man. And that's the problem. People are people are complicated. Super complicated. Super complicated. Yeah, I am myself. Me too. Sometimes <laughs> I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to do any of this. I get it, right? right. But the business is simple. It's yeah. so simple. Find a seller that's motivated. Send them an offer. Get control. Go run the appointment. You may have done that before or after the offer. It doesn't matter. Yep. Get the photos. Now take those photos to the internet, your phone or your computer, and put them online and yep. market this property for sale. Find your buyer, connect the buyer and the seller at a title company, and you get paid. That's it. That's yeah. the whole business. And people, including me, I'm part of it, I get it. Yep. We complicate things. I mean, I still get analysis paralysis about some other marketing that I'm going to try to do or whatever. I'm like, should I do this? I analyze it versus the, the current situation. What's the potential ROI if I change it? And I'm like, bro, like, you know, either you're going to like, do you want to experiment with it and find out or what, what's going on? So I, it's a different thing, but it, it's, it's the same type of um, avoidance in a way, mm -hmm. you know, so... Um, so here, real quick, let's talk yep. about a couple questions. We got to wrap up here in a yeah. few minutes. Uh, Jamie Buck said, "Tips about learning your market better and the best list to pull." I live in ATL, so I actually just I'm on board in a student that lives in Atlanta right now, and uh, the best list to pull in any market is going to be high equity absentees and or vacants. And a lot of times, a high equity absentee is a vacant property. Not always, mm -hmm. but it typically is, yeah, right? A lot of times. And, yeah. you know, Mike and I bought 100 houses last year. Bryson, you've done like 40 or 50 wholesales at this point, too. You know, 75% of the houses I buy are vacant. Literally. Yeah. I mean, would you agree? Maybe a little lower than that? Like yeah. Maybe 65 to 70%. But aren't the yeah, majority? A lot of them, yeah. Aren't the majority? Yeah, I'd say about, yeah. At least 60%. 51%. Yeah, let's say, yeah, okay, yeah, let's go with 51. Yeah. The majority. Yeah, yeah but are it's the majority. Right. Yeah. So Absolutely. if you are new and you are like, do not have analysis paralysis on this, okay? Any list you get is better than no list. Yes. You cannot disagree with me on that. Absolutely. Period. So, Jamie, I don't know you. You seem like a great person, but if you don't have a list, get one today. You're going to be doing better than you were. Yeah. Because you have something. So, so what right. list would I, what's my go-to list? High equity absentees or vacants? Yeah. Period. Tips on uh, learning your market better, connect with other investors. Yeah. You know, see what, okay, you're a landlord, so what do landlords buy here? You know, go to go to meetups, go to your online investment groups, ask the questions. I don't know, like, our investment group here in St. Louis is really, like, really valuable as far as selling a deal or asking a question. You know what I mean? If you ask a genuine question, people that with experience and, and that 
have guidance around that will absolutely, you know, answer it or, you know, help you um, figure it out. So I'm guessing Atlanta's probably has some decent Facebook groups you can be involved in or meetups. Go to a meetup, see what exactly a fix and flipper needs. You know, where are they mm-hmm. buying? What's uh, talk to realtors and say what areas are like changing? I'm an investor. They're going to think that you're going to use them. You may not ever contact them again. Yep. Say, hey, I need to find out what's going on in the market. Where should I be buying if I'm trying to flip a house? Yeah, and, if, know, or, and not everybody has a car. I get it. But if you do have a car, get the Deal Machine app. Yeah. Go out and drive. I mean, there's really lots of other people. I use the Deal Machine app because yeah. it's awesome. But uh, there's a lot of other driving for dollars methods. And if you can't afford it, then just write them down. But yeah. getting out in your car, I mean, come on. You can go out and you can drive around for two or three hours yeah. for like $10 worth of gas. Let's be honest. Yeah. So for $10 worth of gas, you can go drive for two or three hours and get yourself lost. Like when I'm out driving for dollars, my goal is to get lost. It's end up on a street that I would have not normally driven and Don't find that diamond in the rough. Yep. So my favorite way to learn my market is to just go drive and just yep. get lost. Or if I'm running an appointment, maybe I'm going to leave the office 30 or 40 minutes That's early That's the easiest or stay way to out 30 yep. or 45 minutes beyond. And after I run or before that appointment, I'm going to drive that neighborhood and I'm going to mm-hmm. go on every other street for you know, a one mile radius and I'm going to turn my app on and I'm going to start clicking properties right. and you can really learn your market really well uh, that way. Yeah. And I be I think like the best list of pools all I mean if you want to get on a granular level it's gonna it's going to differ per market. You know what I mean? Not every list is gonna perform the same in every market. But let's talk but, about this just for a second. Mm-hmm. When you're pulling a list, what's the goal? It's to just get leads. It's to get leads. Yeah. And it's to find leads that have a presumed motivation. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. It's that simple. So you know, every single it's assumptions, person, high equities foundation that makes you okay if they're high equity. That's a qualifier. Well, all that means to me is that they're not going to typically have to bring money to sell it. Yeah, to get a exactly. They may qualify for a wholesale bring money deal. to closings Absolutely. all the time. Yep. But if you have a high equity, let's say 30% yeah. minimum of equity, yep. that means that they can basically sell it at a break even to them. And I still get a deal and they don't have to bring money to the table. Yeah. So let's talk about some of the niche lists for a second. Like, um, you know, maybe divorce, divorce probate, violations, yeah. probate. Mm-hmm. So, again, these lists have a higher presumed level of motivation. Higher. Yeah. But it doesn't mean it's guaranteed to be yeah. a deal. Amplifiers. Right? So, the yeah, exactly. I love it. Great, mm-hmm. great word. But sometimes these lists are hard to come by. They're smaller niche lists. Right. So, again, I'm not saying don't don't market to those lists. We have tremendous luck and in right. um success i should say not luck success for sure marketing to these niche lists but i find myself going back to these vacants and these high equity absentees over and over and over and right. over again because that's the low-hanging fruit yeah it's low it's low-hanging fruit but it, I, I see both sides of it because it's like if i don't have money and maybe i have a little bit more time like maybe it's worth my time going down to the courthouse and getting really niche, Absolutely. getting getting things that I it's less, but I also have more have less capacity than us. Mm-hmm. We don't they don't have some. I'm not speaking for her. I don't sure. know what her situation yeah, is, but a lot of people don't have the capacity to dial that many people because of their time constraints, their job. So it's mm-hmm. like I'd much rather get off of work and go, you know, tackle some people that show up on probate and code violations. Right. You know, so obviously it's a little bit more of an upfront time commitment to find that type of data. Mm-hmm. Or pay for it, you know. If you're paying for it, you're paying more than list source for that data anyway. Right. So it's like, 
But, you know, it may be worth the time just to, yeah, go niche. Go niche. Guys, so. we're going to wrap this episode up, but I want to thank you for listening and watching. Uh, this has been all about mistakes that we've made in our wholesaling um, endeavors and journey and career that we've that we've partaken over the last, uh, you know, couple years to mm-hmm. maybe going on maybe about six years at this point. Um, I'm looking at the list. I was taking notes here, you know, while we were starting. And all of this really comes to two things, man. It's avoiding analysis paralysis and it's just being consistent. Yeah. All right. So yeah. consistency is not something I can teach somebody. It's something they have to have in them. But the analysis or develop or develop. The good yeah. thing is it can be developed. Absolutely. I think that's the blessing of all this that's is right. that it can be developed. But the analysis paralysis part of it, that's an internal fear, guys. Yeah. So educate yourself on, you know, ways to prevent having that fear. Mm. My my best uh, piece of advice would just be be transparent. You know, tell the buyer that you are a cash buyer with the help of your partners. Yeah, seller. It's not your, yeah. yeah, the seller, yeah. I mean. Um, and that you have to find a seller, but you're but you do it all the time. That's not a big deal. Right. Find a seller for a hundred deals last year. I can do a hundred more. Absolutely. No problem. I just I just I need some time. I need my inspection period. And for whatever reason, if I'm unable to find a buyer, then I'm gonna let you know. Yeah. And oftentimes when you send a contract to somebody and they sign it, even them knowing that, it's sold in their head. They signed it. It's sold. Mm-hmm. So if you have to go oh, back, yeah, it's, it's sold. yeah and they ask for a little bit to. more time yeah. or a little bit less money yeah. um, in terms of the offer, they typically aren't going to push back that much. They're going to be like, because they want to sell it. Yeah, they don't want to start this whole process over again. That's the goal, or guys. go get a letter out of that they got in direct mail and call that guy and restart all this. So, That's But right. you, you just to add one thing, um, the analysis paralysis, the not starting, that fear, like... I think a lot of it is like, it really is like a, for me, it was, it was like a personal development thing. Like a lot of people come into this business and and jump off into entrepreneurship and it's like, yo, like you need, a lot of us need growth in our mindset. Mm. You know what I mean? Really like looking at ourselves and like, you know, whether that's through books, audio, surrounding yourself with an accountability group, people that are maybe around your thing, taking around your your status in the business that are taking action you know yeah, yeah just being in the environment saying wow yeah. this guy's actually like all he's doing is making offers and do you know what i mean it does something to your psyche and 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 may be able to at least help you push past those like initial fears to take action so main takeaway guys don't be afraid to make mistakes mistakes are part of the success formula what is the success formula Fail plus fail plus fail plus fail plus fail equals succeed. Right. You gotta try things. Yeah, you try, have to be okay adjust. to you have to be okay with you know little setbacks or little failures. So don't be afraid to try things. And you know if it doesn't work out, you didn't necessarily fail. That's really the wrong word. Mm-hmm. It's just you've learned a way not to do something. You know, or yeah. maybe a way not that's not the most efficient. So you just gotta get out there. You gotta try. Uh, one of the, or Jamie also said, how do I become one of your students? Jamie, uh, myself and Bryson are both real estate coaches. We specialize in wholesaling. I would send you to freewholesalecourse.com. And literally, I'm going to give you a free course to go take first. And if you like the course or you want more information about it at the bottom of that course, there is a place where you can book a call with our team and we will happily sit down and figure out what your needs are. 
and figure out, you know, if we're able to help you. And we turn a lot of students away that either don't have the mindset um, or for whatever reason. But again, we want you to go there and learn about this business, what it consists of, and that's going to be the best place to start. Freewholesalecourse.com. Start Boom. there. And uh, Bryson, awesome episode. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed Guys, it. Guys, don't be afraid to make mistakes. Bryson and I, we still make mistakes. Every day. Every day. But we're doing deals and we're making money. And mm-hmm. it's fun at this point. It is. It's it it really is always fun. fun. It, you know, it it's is. It's more been. fun when you get yeah. checks to cash. Right. <laughs> I got a check over here for like five grand I'm getting ready to take to the bank. Boom. So I get it. It's fun. Um, but again, don't be afraid to make those mistakes, guys. Thanks for listening. Thanks yep. for watching. Signing off. Yep. Thanks for listening to the Discount Property Investor Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and subscribe to help us reach a wider audience. To jumpstart your real estate investing career, visit freewholesalecourse.com, the most complete free course on wholesaling real estate ever. We would also appreciate it if you left us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Thank you in advance for your support. And remember, you make your money when you buy, you get paid when you sell. Now let's go build some wealth.